You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to this Thursday edition of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. I'm so happy to have you with us this Thursday. This is our Thursday edition of the How to Win podcast, and it is going to be a blessing. I began a series, short series, entitled Moving Past the Quit Zone. Don't you want to move past the quit zone? I think all of us at some time in our lives uh, uh, deal with the uh, temptation of of acquitting, but we want to move past this. The theme of this series is how to keep disappointment, discouragement, and depression from derailing you and aborting your dreams. How to keep disappointment, discouragement, and depression from aborting you and derailing your dreams. The three parts to this series. Part one, we dealt with disappointment. Part two, we're in it now. We're dealing with discouragement. And then part three, uh, we'll deal with depression. Now, part two, we completed part one on disappointment. Two lessons on part on disappointment. Now we're talking about discouragement. This is our second lesson. And our subtopic is throwing in the towel. Throwing in the towel. Well, now this phrase comes out of the boxing world, and it really has to do with a when a fighter or a trainer decides to surrender to to uh, admit defeat in the fight. Throw in the title simply means to surrender or admit defeat. In lesson one on discouragement, throwing in the towel, we talked about. What is discouragement and why does Satan wants us to be discouraged? And we learn that Satan wants us to be discouraged because he wants us to throw in the towel. Now, in this second lesson, I want to talk about how do we disarm discouragement? How do we discourage? disarm discouragement? How do we overcome discouragement? And in our last lesson, I talked about how this was my number one enemy in my destiny journey, discouragement. Before we get into some practical tips, I want to say a few things. Number one, God does not want you to be discouraged. He does not want me to be discouraged. God does not want us to be discouraged. Isaiah 41.10 in the New Living Translation says, don't be afraid for I'm with you. Don't be discouraged for I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Notice in Isaiah 41 verse 10, God plainly says, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Now, remember this as we, we approach our lesson for today. Discouragement it has a language. 
discouragement has a language. It always involves negative words and words of complaint. Complaining and negativity is a part of the language of discouragement. But discouragement is also contagious. It is easily transmittable. In our first lesson, we talked about how Moses was discouraged. But if you go back and look at that text, Moses' discouragement came on the heels of the people's discouragement because discouragement is contagious. Now, I want to give you uh, seven practical tips, and it's going to bless you, I promise you. Seven practical tips that involves seven words. And I'll give you the seven words, and we'll come back and look at the uh, practical tips. The first word is recognize. The second word is resolve. The third word is refocus. The fourth word is reorganize. The fifth word is realize. The sixth word is reconnect. And finally, the seventh word is reach. Recognize, resolve, refocus, reorganize, realize, reconnect, and reach. These are practical tips to disarming, overcoming, driving out discouragement from your life. Number one. How do I disarm discouragement? Number one, you must recognize. Recognize that you are under spiritual attack. You must recognize whenever you're discouraged, you must recognize that you're under spiritual attack and you must resist it. The Bible says in James 4, 7, it says, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Re submit to God. What does God say? And we saw in Isaiah 41.10, God says, don't be discouraged. If God says, don't be discouraged, and we're dealing with discouragement, then the implication is that there's another cause. It couldn't be God. It's not God wanting you to be discouraged because God said, don't be discouraged. So we see Satan is really behind your discouragement because Satan wants you to throw in the towel. He wants you to quit. He wants you to give up. So you have to literally take God at his word, embrace it. God, you said in your word in Isaiah 4 to 110, to be not discouraged. I choose not to be discouraged. And I resist you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. I resist you, discouragement. I will not accept you in my life. So number one, you must recognize that you're under spiritual attack and resist it. I wish someone had taught me this 
early in my Christian journey, early in my life as a minister, because I was so discouraged, but I had no clue that I was under spiritual attack. I had no revelation that it was my responsibility to resist Satan's attack. Number two, how do I disarm discouragement? Number two, you must resolve to trust God. Resolve to trust God. What does the Bible says? Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. Trust him with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Verse 6, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and then he'll direct your path. The Bible says, in all my ways, I must acknowledge him. And the Bible says, he'll direct my path. Now, listen, whenever you're discouraged, whenever I'm discouraged, now everyone can be tempted, but whenever you and I are experiencing a period, we're going through this period of discouragement, then we are listening to the wrong voice. We're listening to the wrong voices. We're not listening to Isaiah 4110, where God says, don't be afraid, I'm with you. Where God says, don't be discouraged, for I'm your God. Where God says, I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Whenever you and I are discouraged, we're experiencing a season of discouragement, then we're listening to the wrong voices. We're either listening to the voice of Satan or the voice of negative people or the voice of our circumstances. And guess what? Your circumstances will talk to you. Are you listening to the voice of your own negative self-talk? All those years that I experienced discouragement in my life, I was really listening in some cases to Satan. In other cases, I was listening to negative people. In other cases, I was listening to my circumstances. But much of the time, I was listening to my own negative self-talk. Much of the time, we're, th we're actually vocalizing some in our thought life, some verbally negativity about our own life and about our own experience. And as I look back, much of the time, it is what I was saying about myself and what I was saying about my circumstances that was contradicting Isaiah 41 10. Whenever you go through a season of discouragement, it's because you're listening to the wrong voices. In, no, in Numbers 11, verse 10, it says that Moses, and we talked about his uh, battle with discouragement, it says that Moses heard all the families standing in their doorways 
of their tent whining. He heard the people standing in their doorways winding. He heard the people. He heard the people. He heard all the people standing in their doorways whining. Now, listen, what is God saying? Resolve to trust God. You can't trust God if you don't know what he's saying. What is God saying about you? What is God saying about your circumstances? What is God saying? You must resolve to trust God. Now, listen, you cannot trust God and listen to other people at the same time. You cannot trust God and listen to other voices. The voice of your feelings, the voice of, of your uh, your sense of weakness, the voice of your failure, the voice of your circumstances, the voice of Satan. Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? You must resolve to trust God. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. So what is God saying about you? What is God saying about your circumstance? Well, I don't know where, what God is saying. Well, stay with me and, and we're going to lead you there. So number one, you must recognize you're under spiritual attack. And you must resist it. Number two, you must resolve to trust God. Number three, you must refocus on the long range goal and not just on the now event. You must refocus on the long range goal. Where are you going? What's your destiny? What's your dream? What you want to happen? You must refocus on the long range goal and not just on your now events. When you're discouraged, remember this, you're listening to an expert and I'm, I'm being, I'm joking now. I'm joking. When I said you must listen to an expert, I don't, I was really saying you must listen to someone who was controlled and dominated by it for years. Controlled and dominated by discouragement for years, for years. So I know what I'm talking about here. When you're discouraged, you're focusing on your hardship. Oh, this is not going right. That's not going right. You're focused on where you are now. You're focused on yourself. When you're discouraged, you're focused on your hardship. You're focused on yourself. You're not focused on your long-range dream, your long-range goal. I wasn't focused on the what God had said. I was focused on my hardship. I was focused on myself. I was focused on my circumstances. Numbers 21.4. Numbers 21, 4 says the soul of the people referring to the nation of Israel, the congregation of Israel, the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way, the journey. Now, God had promised them a land that flowed with milk and honey, a, a wonderful land, a beautiful destiny. They weren't focused on that. They were, the Bible says that they were discouraged 
because of the way, W-A-Y, the journey. And I mentioned this last week. They had entered an area where it was a lot of sand, it was a lot of gravel, and it was a lot of rock. So they had to walk on sand, gravel, and walk, and it's hot. It was hot out there in the desert. And the scripture says, their soul became discouraged because of the way, the hardship. They was focused on the hardship. They was focused on what was going on now. They was focused on their now events. Now, are you focused on now events? Are you focused on now events? Are you, or are you focused on where you want to go? So this third practical tip to disarming your discouragement, you must refocus. You see, your focus is off if you're discouraged. Your focus is off. You must refocus on the long-range goal. Now, that's biblical. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 says, Now, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, because the things which are seen are temporal, the things that are not seen are eternal. The Bible says that we're not supposed to be looking at the things that are seen. We're supposed to be looking at the things that are not seen, the dream, the vision, the goal, what God has said. The things that you're seeing right now the now events that's bringing you discouragement. This is not working. That's not happening. I'm this, and I don't know this. Nobody's helping me. The things that you're focusing on now are now events. They are seen things. And 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, everything that you see now is subject to change, is temporary. Now, that's, that'll get you out of it. If you understand the things that you're seeing right now, they're real. The challenge is real. But remember now, remember, precious people, listen, no one has ever accomplished anything worthwhile. No one have experienced success without overcoming battles, overcoming challenges, overcoming setbacks, overcoming delays, overcoming detours. That's why the Bible calls us overcomers. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Yea, in all these things, you're more than conquerors. Conquer simply means to win over, which implies that there's a battle. There's something you're dealing with. So you must refocus on the long-range goal and not just on the now events. Number four, you must reorganize yourself. You must reorganize yourself. Remember, in our last session, we we defined we were defining the word discourage, and we got to that shatter in pieces. In some cases, some of you you're all in pieces right now. I mean, you just all in pieces. So we have to reorganize. Now, notice what I said: reorganize yourself. 
reorganize yourself. Okay, how do I do that? You got to first take your break, take a break, get some rest, spend time with God. Take a break, get some rest. Sometimes you just need to get some sleep. You need to get you some rest. You may even need to just get away for a moment because you're in the grind. Sometimes it's good to get away from the grind that you're in. Sometimes it helps me to get away from everything that I'm dealing with, the grind, the situations. Take a break, get you some rest, and spend some time with God. Spend some time with God. Now, um, when you're spending time with God, because we're talking about reorganizing it yourself, something is going on in your situation. You, I, you either need, listen carefully now, you either need grace to continue or you need a different plan or a different approach or you need to stop doing something. Stop doing something that you're doing. Reorganize yourself. So while you're spending time with God, you, you, you're going to take a break, get you some rest. And, and what I mean by take a break, I mean go to the beach, do something, get away. I'm, get away, do something. Take a break. But then somewhere you got to spend some time with God because now God has to help you to work through is what I'm doing. I need grace to continue just the way I'm doing it. God, do I need grace to just continue to do what I'm doing or do I need to change my approach, change my plan? Do I need to change my approach, change my plan? Is there anything I need, that I'm doing that I need to stop doing? And only God can help you with that. Okay? If God says, continue, go ahead. That means you're doing good. Then you just need grace to continue. God, give me the grace. Give me the grace to be consistent. Give me the grace. Sometimes we need to change our approach. We need to change our plan. Moses needed to change his approach. He needed to change his plan. Sometimes our plan and our approach needs to be changed, and that's what frustration is. Frustration is really symptomatic that the plan you have is not working. So if the plan that you have is not working, then working harder is not the answer. Complaining is not the answer. Blaming is not the answer. You don't change your goal. You don't change where you're going. But there are things you may need to change about your plan. You may need to change something about your approach. Or it may be that you need to stop doing something. I remember years ago when I was struggling and the church, I pastor a church, beautiful church, Faith Chapel, Birmingham, Faith Chapel, Columbus, Georgia. And... Um, Man, the church just wasn't growing, and every pastor wants to see his or her church grows. 
I ain't, you know, I was just frustrated. I was discouraged. I was crying. Church, I used to say it like this. People were staying away by the thousands. You could put a bowling ball in each hand, throw it in any direction. I hit a soul. You could park any kind of way you want in our parking lot. You could park sideways, front way, any way you want to. You could leave your doors open. Nobody's going to hit it because no cars in the parking lot. And I was frustrated. And I asked God about it. Now, God gave me something very simple. And maybe this is not your solution. God said to me, do your part, rest, and the church will grow. Do your part, rest, and the church will grow. See, right away, I know what my part is. I'm to, I'm to pray for the flock. Uh, I'm to uh I'm to prepare leaders, pour my life into leaders, and I'm to feed the flock. Do your part. Do your part. But then he said, rest. Now, now I got to change something because I wasn't resting. I wasn't resting physically. I wasn't, I wasn't taking a break. And I wasn't resting emotionally. I was worried. So I had to stop doing something. And sometimes we have to stop. For me, I had to stop. I had to stop working all the time, taking stuff home, working night and day, and I had to stop worrying. And he told me the church will grow. So sometimes we need to reorganize ourselves. Number five, realize your limits and stay within them. Realize that you have limits and just stay within your limits. Now, the Bible, uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 14 says, and Paul says this, for we are not overextending ourselves. We are not overextending ourselves. You see, Moses was doing too much. He was doing too much. He was actually operating beyond his grace. So let me ask you a question. Are you doing too much? Are you doing too much? Number five, realize your limits. Stay within them. Are you doing too much? Are you operating beyond your grace? For example, are you doing too much in family matters? Sometimes people, because they love different members of the family and they're trying to make sure everybody's happy and they're trying to do things for other family members that they should be doing for themselves. And then sometimes they try to do things for family members that is really not their responsibility, but they feel like they want to do it anyway. Are, are you doing too much in your family? Are you overextending yourself? Are you overextending yourself in your relationships? Are you in a relationship, but you just carrying the whole load of that relationship, carrying the whole weight? Are you doing too much in your ministry assignments? Some pastors, some ministers, you know, especially pastors, we get over into doing stuff that God never told us to do. We, we're trying to reach the world, trying to uh, reach this group and reach that group and reach this and do this and do this. And sometimes we're just doing too much. Sometimes we're doing too much emotionally, physically, financially. Realize your limits. Stay within them. Realize your limits. Stay with them. Number six. Number six. Reconnect. 
to the people and return to work. Reconnect to the people and return to work. Reconnect to the people and return to work. Now listen at this. Moses was overwhelmed by responsibility. Nearly two million people. He's trying to do everything. Now, Moses lost sight of the fact that God never gives us an assignment without giving us the people to carry out that assignment. He lost sight of that. So God had people to help Moses, but he was trying to do everything himself. He actually made two mistakes, and you shouldn't make those mistakes. Number one, he made the mistake of operating in isolation. Whenever you're isolated, life is about teams. Life is about teamwork. People are who are successful, even on an individual level, have a team of people that they're working with and working through. Teams are the way to go. If you're doing anything, you need to find out Who's my team? Who should help me? Who should I connect with? Who should I work with? Moses made the mistake of operating in isolation. Isolation. Trying to do everything alone. The second mistake he made is he was focusing on the wrong people. Think about all the people standing in their doors, whining, complaining, and that's all he was focusing on, the wrong people. He was listening to the wrong people. Yet God's solution, if you read Numbers chapter 11, God's solution was that God had 70 other folk. God says, go to each tribe. He said, there are 70 people who will help you. Bring those elders, 70 people, and I'm going to put what's on you on them, the spirit on you, I'm going to put it on them that they may help you carry the load. Now watch this. God had people to help Moses, but he didn't recognize them because he was so focused on the wrong people. God always has people to help you do whatever you're doing. If you're doing something in isolation, then you're going to come up short. There's somebody he wants to help you network with you, be a part of the team, somebody you connect with. Now, reconnect the people, return to work. Don't return to work as an isolationist. You're going to return back to work, understanding that it's going to take a team. Now, Finally, number seven, reach, this is how you disarm discouragement, reach for supernatural hope. Reach for supernatural hope. Supernatural hope is always connected to a rhema word or a specific word that God speaks to you. It's always connected. And that's why I keep a journal I keep a journal so I can go back and during those discouragement times, fortunately, I had a a journal. And from time to time, I go back to that journal to see what God has said. You got to keep a journal. 
If you're spending time with God, God's going to say something to you. Now, listen to Romans 4.18 in the Message Bible. Romans 8, pardon me, Romans chapter 4, verse 18. Romans chapter 4, verse 18 in the Message Bible. It says, when everything was hopeless and Abraham and Sarah, they were trying to have a baby. And now they old age, past childbearing age. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. When everything was hopeless, Abraham decided to believe anyway, deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he could not do, but on the basis of what God said he would do. So he was made a father of multitude of people, because God himself said to him, you're going to have a big family, Abraham. Now watch this. So he had this promise from God. He had this rainbow word from God. Abraham, you're going to have a big family. So the, the text says when everything was hopeless, he was past all natural hope. Abraham believed anyway and he made a decision. He decided to live not on the basis of what he saw he could not do. He decided to not live on the basis of what he saw he could not do. Now, he saw he could not your birth to a baby. He saw that he his wife was passed Oh, but he decided to believe not on the basis of what he saw he could not do, what he saw Sarah could not do. He decided to believe based on what God said he would do. And that's why it's so important to take time to spend with God because God is never going to tell you you can't. He built his confidence, his hope on what God said when all natural hope was gone. That's what I mean. Reach for supernatural hope. And supernatural hope is always connected to a rhema word from God, a specific definite word that God has given you. Now I'll review for just a moment. If we're going to disarm discouragement, we must recognize, we must resolve, we must refocus, we must reorganize, we must realize, we must reconnect, and we must reach. I trust that you've been blessed. I trust that it, it is bringing transformation to you. I thank you for this time you spent with me. I look forward to seeing you next time.